0: Have you checked out The Great Pop Culture Debate? If not, you're missing out on episodes covering Best Disney Villain, Best TV Mom, Best Song of 1999, and much more. If you love intelligent, witty arguments on even the most lowbrow of topics, and if you want a podcast where you get a say, check us out on your podcast platform of choice. Or head to greatpopculturedebate.com for episodes, polls, and more. Listen to seasons 1 through 4 now, season 5 coming soon. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion.
1: What's up, Rewatchers? It's Dustin here to let you know that this show may feature strong or inappropriate language, so don't be blasting it over the speakers at school, or at work, or some other public place that has people with sticks at their butts, okay? I'm assuming if you're listening, you've at least watched the show or the episode we will be discussing. If not, just be warned, there are spoilers ahead. But really, it's your fault because these shows have been out for a while. Enjoy! I'd like to get my full eight hours if I can. Yeah, I do feel really tired. People are like, oh, I get six hours and that's enough for me. I'm like, how? How? But then those are also the same people who are bitch about being tired all the time. And I'm True. like,
2: well, <laughs>
1: sleep your full eight hours, you'll be fine.
2: That's right.
1: I hate that crap when they say, oh, adults don't need uh, as much sleep as they did when they were younger. And you're like, that's bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, we need sleep.
2: I need that sleep. I rarely get that sleep, but yes. Exactly.
1: We can function okay without <laughs> yeah. that full sleep, but it's we need it. We still need it. Oh, hello, boobs.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the webcam just uh, shut uh, <laughs> down all of a
1: sudden. I was like, well, there's some cleavage.
2: <laughs> well, not much, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to adjust the levels on the our little whatever doohickey podcasting doohickey
1: (laughs) it's okay it's all right it's okay Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rewatch Recap with me and Kay from Fuck My Work Life. How's it going, Kay?
2: Good. How are you?
1: Doing great. Doing great. Are you drinking anything tonight? I
2: am. I am having a Cutwater Ranch Water. Cutwater's the brand, Ranch Water. I guess this is a new thing. It's kind of like a... I don't know how, I I think it's on par with like a White Claw, but it's like a tequila based kind of seltzery thing, and it's, yeah, they're good. How about you?
1: I'm just having me some sweet tea. We in the South, we love our sweet tea. Sweet tea. Sweet (laughs) tea. And uh, yeah, it's about like a cup of sugar in a regular Mm -hmm. uh, pitcher, and it's sweet. Gotta have that sweet tea. We want our teeth to fall out here.
2: I know. I can't do the sweet tea. It's too much for me. Love it. My mom is you from Texas. grew up with it, and it's just so, kind of... Yeah. You, what'd you say? My mom's from Texas, so she's all about the sweet tea. And I'm just like, oh, okay, God, it, it hurts my mouth to drink it so sweet.
1: <laughs> I just can't drink, like, no sugar in tea or even just barely sugar. I'm like, ugh, can't do it. I just can't. It's just so blah. Yeah,
2: I think, I, think I just got used to it, so now I love it.
1: <laughs> black now, coffee,
2: well, too. I could never drink black coffee before, and now I can I don't
1: know mm, no, my coffee and my tea has to be sweet and I got it. Well, <laughs> if it's hot tea, I've got to have creamer in it. Just like I do coffee. I just got to have something. I can't do black straight up. You know, yeah. I'm sure if the the day comes and we have no sugar and no milk, <laughs> then I'll, I'll just deal with it. But do it. Yeah. <laughs> until that time. <laughs> well, um, yeah, this week we are talking about, uh, episode six of my so-called life called the substitute. Um. This is one of my all-time favorite episodes, mm-hmm. mainly because of the writing aspect of it. Because I, you know, it kind of inspired me to write a little bit. And I don't know, what do you think? What, what, is this one of your favorites from the past? Or
2: I mean, I I do love this one, not for the writing aspect, just for the the quirky substitute aspect. Oh, okay, <laughs> like that whole, you know, just that whole like kind of that first real idolization of an adult when you're a teenager. Kind of oh, yeah, have of a real art. adult. Yeah. <laughs> There's a That's line later on moves. in the episode that I, I love, which I'm sure you will point out, <laughs> like kind of talking about that. So
1: I hope I do. We'll we'll see. If I don't, then jump in and tell me. But yeah, speaking of this substitute, uh, you may recognize this actor playing Mr. Racine, Roger Reese. Now, just before this, he played the Sheriff of Rottingham in Robin Hood Men of Tights. Men in Tights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was great in that. He was the one that ended up with Tracy Ullman. That was great. Yes. <laughs> what was her name in that? Oh, my God.
2: I don't remember.
1: It was crazy. It was like, oh, 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 oh it was um, Latrine. That's right. <laughs> Latrine, because it was a shitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: But um, yeah, so Roger Reese was in a lot of stuff, but that's the one I know him from the most. Um, mm-hmm. But he was also in my mom's favorite version of A Christmas Carol. From nineteen eighty four, the George C. Scott Christmas Carol where he played Scrooge. Um oh. he played Scrooge's nephew Fred in that. Okay. It's a I don't it's know a kind I've of it's a creepy version of it. You should see it. It's it's you know, it's probably on Prime or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you should probably see it. It's it's pretty good.
2: Of I like course, creepy. George C.
1: Scott is what'd you say?
2: <laughs> I like creepy, so <laughs> yeah, they do
1: a good version of it. It's it's pretty decent. And he's a good Fred, so I found out he also did some animated voice work, too, like stuff on The Cleveland Show and Extreme Ghostbusters and I think Gargoyles, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong with that. But sadly, he passed away seven years ago, July of 2015, at the age of 71.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Neat trivia, though. His husband, Rick Elise, I think it's Elise or Ellis. It's spelled like Alice with an E. So I don't know if it's Ellis or Elise. Mm-hmm. Um, he co wrote and produced Jersey Boys and the Addams Family on Broadway.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Talented couple. So that's kind
1: of cool. Yeah. yeah. They've been together since like the 80s and they got married I'm like all... when it became legal. So for, that's for, sweet. you know, gays to get married. Yeah. But anyway. So, okay. School's in session. On with the show.
2: Go now. Go.
1: This episode opens. While showing a few teachers at Liberty High and in Angela's narration, she says, maybe teachers have a hidden life where they're actually like human or they have, I don't know, dignity. And it shows (laughs) one teacher, Mr. Mitri, is struggling to pull down a map or a chart or something from the chalkboard. We just can't reach it. And then Angela adds, or maybe not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's sad. It's really sad. You're like, oh, this looks... Poor teachers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it kind of makes them kind of like a joke. (laughs) And you're like, no, no, no. Teachers aren't. They're trying. (laughs) They're trying their best with what they have.
2: I remember thinking that, too, as a kid, like I never really saw my teachers as human beings that like had lives and were just flawed humans, you know, it's like you kind of held them to this weird standard. (laughs) And I was just like, they were just people who had no idea what they were doing, just like the rest of us. (laughs) I know. And I
1: wonder why that is. Why every, almost every child feels that way about teachers. Like, like their parents don't, I don't know if it's the parents just don't communicate. Hey, they have lives outside of work. You know, they're right. just like you and me. They're not, obviously you don't know much about, I don't know. It, it feels like that needs to be a conversation had more often with kids. So that way maybe they'll have a little more empathy. You yeah, know, true.
2: But I Try think a little harder. feel that way about their parents too. I think their worlds are just so small. They don't have perspective on like, yeah. how life really is you know so they're just like this is yeah. an authority figure in my life this is all they are to me you know
1: yeah that's true and you're just you know you're always focused on what you're feeling what you're doing you know because you're mm-hmm. hormonal and, and you just you know you're trying to figure out the world in general so yeah i get that but it still yeah. feels like a conversation that needs to be had anyway sure yeah you know you know like you do anyway <laughs> Cut to the English class is wild as ever because Miss Mayhew is still not there. She <laughs> left. She went nuts. She left. Um, and that. yeah, she has TLC's What About Your Friends is playing loudly on a boombox as everyone hangs out. Girls doing each other's hair. Some kid is drawing on the chalkboard. Some are gambling with cards. Some girl's dancing on her desk. And, you know, of course, It's loud as hell, and Jordan's just passed out at his desk. Just yeah, of course.
2: What are his extracurricular activities?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you know,
2: he's just always sleeping.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I never understood people who were always tired, especially when they got plenty of sleep. Like I was never one of those people who could sleep till noon.
0: Mm -mm, I had to have been
1: really exhausted to be able to do that. I think I've maybe done it once or twice in my life.
2: Yeah, same. I
1: never really sleep past like eight or nine o'clock on a Saturday, you know? I had things to do and see, damn it. Yeah. Even if I didn't. (laughs) Even if I didn't, I just, I need to get the fuck up.
3: Yeah. Anyway, so
1: yeah, Brian is the only one who's reading a school book, of course. Of course. That's when a mysterious man strolls in in a suit. He doesn't do anything to stop the class from partying. He just comes in and takes a seat on the desk. He takes out a package and starts to offer kids a toothpick, toothpick, toothpick. toothpick? And they're like, what? What did he just say? I mean, that would be weird. You're like, what the fuck? Huh?
0: Yeah. Did he just, a he fucking just offered toothpick? us a
1: toothpick. A toothpick? Yeah. You know, <laughs> that really would have been weird. Yeah. Uh, so basically it throws them all off and uh, the music dies down. They're all confused and it's kind of. It's kind of funny because it is really random, but um, he confirms that he's the new substitute and he's really only there to get paid.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love the At honesty. At least he's honest.
1: <laughs> right. He assumes all of them can read and write. And, you know, Angela's just being observant. She's like, as, you know, usual. She's just like, what's going on? I'm trying to mm-hmm. figure this out. Mm-hmm. You know, she's always kind of silently watching. You know, then he tells him, "Just go on about wasting your life." You know, go ahead. <laughs> and so this prompts Sharon, like, "Well, does that mean we're dismissed?" And he's like, "Well, do you want to be dismissed?" And there, it's, it, to her, she's like, "Is this like a trick question?" You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, authority figure, like you were saying before. Like, uh, this, what's going on here? And he's like, "You know, I'm going to be here for the next 47 minutes, but whether or not." you are is up to you and jordan who is now awake
2: yeah he's like huh I can leave?
1: What? <laughs> yeah exactly the music everybody shuts up and he's like well what something's going on you know it's like <laughs> quiet all of a sudden uh something's going on he's like uh what's the catch and the sub says well there's no catch so jordan's like all right so he gets up and he's gonna leave and he goes well well i'm sorry there is one catch we will be discussing you in your absence but if you don't mind that and Jordan's like, uh, he doesn't really believe him, but this guy says, I'm not joking. You know, trashing you will leave us, you know, will help us pass the time. <laughs> and so the rest of the class laughs and, you know, this does sound like a very much a uh, reverse psychology method, like a, a quote, cool teacher would pull. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. you Totally. Somebody, I could see a teacher doing this or a yeah. sub or just, you know.
2: Oh, well, you want to leave? Sure. We're just going to talk about you. Like, the biggest thing a, a high school kid doesn't want happening? Like, no.
1: <laughs> Anybody talking shit about them? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, of course, Jordan doesn't like this, so he ends up staying because, like you said, why do you want to be talked about by, like, 30 people? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know that the way this guy walked in, you know they would really trash talk him, too. You know, just the oh, way yeah. he's already acting. You're mm-hmm. like, I don't trust this guy. So, uh, This is Angela just watching them, and she focuses in on his socks as he adjusts them. He has one white sock and one black sock. And as an adult watching now, it just kind of feels like he's either poor or just that scatterbrained that he didn't do any laundry or something.
2: Mm -hmm. Or doesn't have anyone to help him keep his life together. (laughs)
1: Exactly. He's not, there's something off about him. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. you're like, something's not right. You know, it'd be different if it were like colorful socks with like designs on them. Like he was trying to like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, on one, he's got teddy bears and one he's got hearts and it's kind of different, that'd be kind of like, oh, he's making a statement, but this is like, he just grabbed any two socks, you know? Right. It's, it's weird. Anyway, he notices her noticing his socks and she asks, Oh, oh! Uh, uh, what are we supposed to do? And he says, well, follow your hearts and veer away from heroin. <laughs> I love
2: that. Good <laughs> advice, everybody. Good advice. <laughs>
1: Dude is a trip. She says, I mean, for the next 47 minutes. And he's like, I know I was being sarcastic. <laughs> of course, to everyone's annoyance, Brian raises his hand and says that they were supposed to be working on the literary magazine. But Miss Mayhew quit and never reviewed their submissions. Brian points out that the stuff they wrote is in the cabinet and wonders if he could read, you know, the substitute could read it so that they could get credit. So everybody's like, well, yeah, we did do that. You know, they're kind of just looking, you know, in says, Why not? So, I mean, so what do you think of this guy from this first scene that he walks in?
2: You know, you're kind of just wondering about him. Like, what the fuck is up with this guy? He seems... What was that movie like, was it Stand and Deliver or something, you know, where there's the rowdy classroom and then someone comes in, whips them all into shape and gets them to actually care about learning. Like, I feel like they're definitely going this angle with him. Like, he's kind little of- little
1: dangerous minds, too.
2: Yeah. And just weird enough that he's catching the attention of the classroom that was just total chaos when he walked in. I also love when he said- um, When Brian was the only one, you know, like oh, we had to do this and this, and she was she quit. We couldn't do this, and he was like, "That's a heartbreaking tale." (laughs) So, like, just totally (laughs) shut Brian down. Like, all right, I'm not putting up with you, goody two shoes. Like, I really, I do like his vibe because I feel like that's what kids kind of need. They're gonna, they're they're gonna rebel against authority, but this guy's just like, "Fuck (laughs) it!" Like, you don't want to be here, leave. You know, I don't care what you do for yeah. the next 47 minutes. And then they're just like, Well, no, teach us. <laughs> we want to teach learn us. something.
1: <laughs> we want to learn from you because you seem supposed yeah. to be authority, but you're not acting like the authority, you right. know.
2: I think it's a you good know. approach. <laughs> oh,
1: totally. I mean, if you look even from the beginning, when we see all these different teachers, they're all kind of lame and yeah. bumbling and plain. And mm-hmm. this guy walks in with the toothpick, the mismatched socks, he's talking very frankly. You yeah. know, and you're like, oh, he's kind of like he's one of us, you know, mm-hmm. but not at the same time. He knows what's up, but you know, he knows more than what he's saying. That kind of thing. He's been places. Yeah. He's done things. Yeah. He's seen he's shit. He's
2: seen things, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I totally agree with that. So, back at home, Graham and Patty are unloading groceries from the car and Patty's telling Graham about a client she needs to meet with because she's the boss lady and that's her duty. And that he needs to Take Danielle to the Girl Scout cookie booth Mm tomorrow night since Patty signed her up. And of course, Graham's annoyed because, okay, yeah, Patty signed Danielle up for something, but now he has to miss his pool game with his brother Neil. I'm like, Mm -hmm. fucking cry me a river, Graham. You wanted kids.
2: Exactly. This is what you get. You You signed up for this shit.
1: Yeah. Be prepared to be inconvenienced quite often. (laughs) I mean, that's just how it
2: is. It is.
1: This is why. K, J, Jay, and I don't have kids. Exactly. <laughs> and the fact that I probably can't because I don't have a female partner or the means to support one. But, you know, that's no, neither here nor there.
2: <laughs> there are ways, but if it's not what you want, it's not what you want.
1: I mean, I could foster a kid, but I'm like, uh, I don't want to be, you know. Yeah. I, ev- eventually, I was thinking about fostering a kid. If I ever had enough money, I could foster a child, you know, and I would like to be, you know, and then uh, foster to adopt type of situation. I would love that. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want a baby, you know, I don't want somebody who I've got to, develop, you know, but at the same time, you don't know how broken the child. Right. will be. And I say broken is in like, you don't know if there's gonna be attitude, if there's gonna be problems that they're going to have, you know, yeah, develop developmental problems, problems with authority, you know what I mean? You don't know what you're getting into. So that's kind right. of like, you've got to be prepared. I can't deal with good kids, let alone bad kids. So,
2: yeah. Word.
1: I hate that. I hate that. I wish I was more paternal, you know, but I'm just not. I'm just
2: not. Some people just aren't. I came to terms with that long ago. It's just like, it's just not my thing. I actually love babies. It's when they start talking and (laughs) kidding attitudes. I'm just like, no, no, go away. I'm done with you. You have individual thoughts now. I don't know. Go away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I can take kids in very small doses, like, you know, my brother's or my cousin's kids or something like that. Like, just for a short while. I'm like, yeah, I could I can hang out with them and talk to them. Hey, cuz I like kids' stuff, obviously. You see behind me this wall of like <laughs> middle grade and YA fiction, right? and little <laughs> Funko Pop type toys and shit. I like that stuff and they're like, "Ooh, I can kind of get on with them at that level, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not here to raise you, you know?" Right. At the same time, you know, I I I'll take you to a movie, that'd be fun, you know? I've been to the zoo with my my uh my nephew, my niece and whatnot, and that's fun. But I just can't It's not a 24-7 thing for me. Sorry. Yeah, same. I don't know why, but... Okay, back to what I was saying. So Patty then realizes that one of them needs to call Miss Mayhew to see if they are still going to be printing the Lit Magazine this year since they have the printing spot reserved. And I'm like, did no one tell these parents that Mayhew has been gone for weeks now? Like, no one.
2: Angela doesn't tell her parents anything. But you would think, like, Camille might have said something you know yeah like you that'd know? be
1: something, something. <laughs> the only thing i can think of like well, i guess it's just you know hey our teacher went crazy and left you know that'd be mm-hmm. something you would tell your parents like kind of yeah, gossipy can- like oh my gosh you know what i mean like i would have i know oh, i would have
2: totally like, i would have too
1: and sharon's totally the type that probably would have spilled something so the only thing i could think of is maybe camille would have thought that she, you know patty would have known just like before, you know, I remember she she didn't know about the list because yeah. she lives in the back. Um yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess that's the only reason why. But whatever. Um so she thinks the Graham should call. You should call. I'm like, yeah. Way to delegate Patty.
2: Yeah. Oh, you get this task, Graham. Don't you feel important?
1: <laughs> yeah. Whatever. It kind of feels like a pity thing, you know, I don't oh, know.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: And then Graham points out that she forgot to buy kitty litter again. Still so haven't seen a cat. I know I've seen this show countless times, and at no point do they show a cat at all—not outside, not inside, nowhere. You know, and this isn't the only continuity error that shows up in this air in this this episode. Blah, blah blah. It's uh, there's more later, but I'll tell you about it when it comes up. Okay. Of course, Patty is frustrated and. Because she thought Graham was going to buy the kitty litter. And she says, you know what we need? A wife. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I need one, too. But, you know, platonic since, you know, of course. (laughs) Back in English class, it's oddly quiet as the students are entranced by the substitute reading their writing assignments. So at this point, we still haven't heard his name yet. So I'm not going to say his name, even though I said it earlier. I'm not going to say his name until it comes up in the show. Just to let you know how long it takes them to say this name. I don't know why they don't say his name.
2: I didn't realize that. Okay.
1: Yeah, I was listening. I was like, are they going to say his name? Are they going to say his name? He finishes up reading and he says, okay. Well, he calls them boring, fake, false, synthetic, bogus. And he says, you know. What do all these words have in common? And he calls on Jordan, who's in the back, of course. And poor dumb Jordan is genuinely confused. The sub says, you know, I know what you're going to say. They're synonyms meaning not genuine. But he wants Jordan to classify them otherwise. And Jordan just says, I don't know. And the sub yells, yes, you do. You think I'm an idiot? And I love what he's doing here. You know, I I love the message he's conveying. He walks up to Jordan saying that the work is safe, banal, homogenized, cutesy, and appalling. And wants to know what words, what type of words he's using. He tells Jordan that he's not fooling anyone and he's on to him. He keeps pestering Jordan until Jordan finally says they're adjectives. And that's when the sub gets in his face and says, don't you dare play dumb with me again.
2: I love that.
1: This here is a teacher. Yeah. Someone who isn't just going to let a kid give up on themselves.
2: Right. Yeah. It's and really wish, touching.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. It's very touching. I wish more teachers were like that. Unfortunately, I'm not saying teachers are bad or anything, and they're doing the best they can with what they're taught. They're taught to do something a certain way, too. Right. You know, but you have to genuinely care that's the problem. And, you know, when you're worn down by a system that doesn't care about you, you stop caring.
2: Absolutely. So I can see
1: why, you know, you're not getting paid enough. You're not giving the resources. You're, you're working overtime, basically all the time.
2: For free. You know,
1: exactly. And yeah. putting your own money into like supplies and whatnot. You know, I could see why so many teachers are up and quitting nowadays, because why wouldn't you? And now we're right. getting even And we're getting really shitty teachers because they're just taking anybody now.
0: Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah.
1: Just, they're basically babysitters at this point. It's, you know, I don't know. I don't have kids. Again, I don't have kids. I can't really speak to that. But from what I've heard and read online, you know, I do have teacher friends. This is the type of stuff that's come up. So. Yeah. Anyway, Brian, of course, is appalled. (laughs) (laughs) And like says to himself, I don't believe this guy.
2: He doesn't, he does not like anything rocking his boat.
1: No, he likes just same thing every day. You know, you can tell, mm-hmm. you know, but oh, yeah. he's just, if you look at him, he's just as bland as the other teachers were. Oh,
2: for sure.
1: Muted Brian colors. grows up to
2: be a teacher.
1: <laughs> that seems like that would be the case. You know, he's this really smart person, but he's just going to come back and be a teacher.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's going to teach Kim class or something. Yep. But uh, so the sub says it's the most god awful crap he's ever read in his life before throwing their work out the classroom window. <laughs> <laughs> and they're on the second floor, so the papers just yeah. go flying everywhere.
2: <laughs> I love and that shot upset. too. I
1: know, great. Everybody's <laughs> like, what the hell is that? It just looks like it's snowing papers.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And everyone is just astonished. Yeah. I would be too. I'm like, oh my God, what is wrong with this guy? Yeah. So that night, Brian shows up at Angela's door and poor Danielle.
2: <laughs> oh, God. She's trying so hard.
1: <laughs> she really is. She's like, hey, you want to buy some Girl Scout cookies? And he's like, no. And she's like, you can owe me the money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, had, handed to her, got to hand it to her. She is really trying, man. She I mean, she
2: is trying.
1: She's a true old girl because <laughs> those Girl Scouts, man, they'll get you, man. They will guilt the crap out of you. You go to the grocery store and they're sitting out there in their little table. You want some girls cooking? Some... I'm like, I, I, I kind of like, to, I don't have the extra money on me to buy the, and plus I really don't need them. So God, I love yeah. them. I love them. But I you, know, like, uh, you kind of like, please let somebody walk in front of me, let them handle that. You know, I have to go out or go out another entrance. Hopefully <laughs> Don't make not eye contact.
2: Don't it. make eye contact.
1: Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Look at me. You know, <laughs> I hate that. Or anybody who's selling anything for like raise money for school. Like, I don't, I'm sorry. No, I don't have kids in school. I don't. And. I live in a decent area, you know, and there's decent funding for stuff in schools, especially sports. I'm in the South, especially sports. And that's all they usually raise money for sports stuff, you know, football and cheerleader and stuff like that. So I'm like, they have the money most of the time. So, and the area I live in is nice homes and whatnot. And I'm not saying everybody's loaded, but they have enough to where they can, they're fine. You know, so it just really bothers me, you know, getting accosted by these kids at the grocery store. Yeah. I just came here to get me some chips.
0: Yeah, <laughs> You want to buy a leave candy bar?
1: <laughs> yeah. Leave
0: me alone. I don't need
1: it. Uh, I, don't, I don't need the chips either. But, you know, mm, that's chance. how it go. Yeah. I don't. Oh, and by the way, um, Thin Mints are just grasshoppers. Keebler. Same, oh, yeah. the exact same damn thing. They're grasshoppers. They also have those, um, what do they call them? Samoas. Those are those coconut cookies. They sell those all year. Mm-hmm. They're sold all the Keebler year.
2: Does? Keebler does? Oh. Yeah. I okay. think,
3: if
1: I'm not mistaken, I th- I'm probably, but they taste the exact same. I'm fairly certain that the Girl Scout cookies are made by Keebler. Fairly certain. I could be wrong. So yeah. So Danielle's not making any sales. Sad, 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 sad. But Graham tells her, like, Danielle, leave him alone. Leave him alone. I swear, she needs more focus on the show, though. I want more Danielle. I want to see what goes on in her life, you know? We probably would have seen it had this damn show got a second season. And she grew up and went into high school and stuff. I'm sure we would have seen it. But, oh, well. So we see Graham is sewing something. And he looks like, what? You never seen someone sew a merit badge before? To which Danielle corrects him. saying, it's not a merit badge. It's a proficiency badge. Like is that not the same thing? Is it? Is
2: I it have not? no idea. Proficiency badge.
1: You tell him, girl. Whatever.
2: Yeah. You do, you Danielle.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Danielle keeps begging Brian to buy at least one box, and you know you can freeze them, eat them later.
2: <laughs> That's when
1: Patty walks in. She goes, "Leave him alone." Yeah, <laughs> <God." laughs>
2: then she's like, "Forget it."
1: <laughs> whatever. Brian hands over a paper to Patty, who sees that it's Angela's oak tree poem that she liked. She wonders why it has a big footprint on it. (laughs) Long story, Pats. Long story. Mm -hmm. Brian tells the chases that the new substitute threw all their work out the window because he's mentally ill or something. That's when Angela comes downstairs that the sub isn't mentally ill. Patty is appalled because Angela put a lot of thought into that poem. And Angela says, well, I don't know. I didn't like it that much. And I'm noticing a pattern now that Angela finds something new and latches onto it and completely goes against something that she was into before. A lot. Yeah. Just defy her parents a lot of times, too. Oh, you yeah.
2: Know? I think a lot and of the time really... it's just to go against Patty. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just I, I never noticed that that's what she was doing before. But, of course, being older me, I did that shit, too. But I, I didn't want to admit that at the time, of course. Yeah. So, you know, that's. I don't know. I just think it, it's funny. How the little, the flip you see when you really, you take a step back. Cause I was watching it a lot for the longest time. So it's been quite a long time since I've really watched it. And so watching it now after taking a break, I'm like, wow, huh. I'm totally seeing this other angle. It's, it's interesting, mm-hmm. but they tell her that's not the point that teacher should treat her with common courtesy. They scold her and say that you know, they, they always taught her to stand up for her rights. And she looks at Brian and says, thanks Brian. And you know, Completely annoyed.
0: hmm
1: The next day, as English class lets out, the substitute stops Jordan to tell him he needs to talk more in class. He also hands him a book by Steinbeck saying Jordan left it behind before. And Jordan's like, that's not mine. But the sub insists that Jordan take it and they will discuss it tomorrow. hmm Jordan leaves and the sub turns around to find Angela still sitting at her desk and he's like, what? <laughs>
2: Get out of my classroom. What
1: do you want, girl? She proceeds to regurgitate her parents' entire speech about common courtesy and how she put a lot of thought into her oak tree poem. And she asks why he threw their stuff out the window that way. And he says, good question. I did it to clear the slate. I did it to wake you up. I did it to do something, to find you. And now guess what? Here you are, wide awake, right in front of me. I mean, wasn't that worth it? I mean, that poem, that oak tree poem, that was yesterday. What are you going to write today? And she says, good question. Before we go to commercial break.
2: There's a lot of good questions in this episode.
1: There is. And, you know, I never really realized how poignant the scene was until now. Because, you know, seriously, he's a good teacher. He's a great teacher. Mm -hmm who yeah. seems to care, he's doing something that many teachers only dream of doing, and that's inspiring students. Yeah. Really, and you see it right away. It's not just, yeah. you know, he's challenging them to really think about stuff, and it's not just in a way like, you need to do this. It's, do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, like, I don't know. You know, no one ever really lets kids think for themselves, and that's what yeah. he's trying to get them to do. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So back from commercial break, it's a new day, and Angela is showing up to English class with Rayanne in tow. She notes that Rayanne isn't even in this class. To which Rayanne says, Neither are half these kids. Apparently Angela has been talking about the sub for three days, and Angela I mean Rayanne has to check this guy out. The bell rings and the sub walks in, telling them that, to get out their notebooks. He has a two fifth two pick can I can't fucking say the word toothpick <laughs> in his toothpick. mouth toothpick toothpick is a toothpick in his mouth and Rayanne looks him up and down before saying substitute my ass he is the real deal she gets an A+ for that observation <laughs> she sees it right away the sub says he wants everyone to start over on their writing assignments ignoring their groans and complaints of course someone says can't we just watch a movie yeah <laughs> there's always that kid Ugh. look i'm all for the days when we would like they would wheel in that tv vcr combo yep. watch like a disney cartoon musical like aladdin or something but you know those kids who who instantly say stuff like this all the time they're like you, you look like oh god you lazy motherfucker you know what i mean you would always think that but yeah it really pisses me off that those same kids who did that, who wanted to avoid stuff that much. I mean, I wanted to avoid it too, but I didn't like say it out loud. You know, those are the ones who are making shit ton more money than me nowadays. And it really pisses me off.
2: <laughs> or they're living in a trailer park. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no the it. ones,
1: at least the ones I, I grew up with, they're not. I'm like, they're Eesh. all,
2: they're all rich Just- salesmen or something.
1: Yeah, they just coast by. And I'm like, man, I worked hard and I still don't get enough. You know, it pisses yeah. me off. But I'm, Let me get off that rant. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is not Downer Dustin episode. Womp We're womp. Going back. <laughs> wah, wah. So the guy says, you know, uh, the sub says, don't give me anything quaint. I don't want to see any domesticated animals. And then he looks at Angela and says, or greenery. I'm like, <laughs> damn, burn. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Yuck. He goes on to say, I want anger. I want honesty. I want nakedness. And of course, Rayan has to say, I'm right here, baby.
2: <laughs> She's such a little horn dog.
1: Miss Slut <laughs> Potential, everybody.
2: Yeah. There Ray-Ann. you have it, right there.
1: <laughs> he refuses to hear Brian's complaints, thank God. And the sub continues on. Whatever you feel like saying, write it down instead. What you never told anyone what you never even told yourself. And don't fear exposure. No one is to put his or her name down. This will be completely anonymous. You know if this happened in a real school, there would be a lot of coming out poems.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. You
1: know? I wonder how many there would be, though. Like, really?
2: Oh, quite a few.
1: Especially sure. nowadays, because kids seem to be a little bit more honest with themselves nowadays. Oh, you know, yeah. So... I think it would be a really interesting experiment to see that. Mm-hmm. So then, Rayanne whispers to Angela, "You know, he's, it would be completely anonymous, anonymous." And and she says, "Just like I, just like how I like sex."
2: Okay, Rayanne. I'm like, I take a damn cold shower. But I love that she's always talking this up. Yet we never actually see that side of her. I don't know if it's just something they don't show on the show but she's always just hanging out with Angela and Ricky. It's not like she's going out with a bunch of guys and sleeping around.
1: Yeah, not Maybe. yet anyway. Yeah. No, not that we've seen yet, but Yeah. But yeah, there were those type of people in school too that you had, you know, they're always like the sexual kind, con- but you never really heard about them. And the ones who seemed to be the sluttiest were the ones who were trying to hide it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, the ones that were actually knew. having sex didn't tell anyone. <laughs> But
1: people knew, you know, you're like, she's hooking up with this guy, that guy, or, you know, he's, you know, really sleeping around with all the chicks, you know, they're always, they're the ones who are always, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's consensual, that's fine. And you're using condoms and whatnot. That's great. You're teenagers after all, but whatever. So I'm right here, baby. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Anyway, so he strolls right over to Rayanne and calls her out. She tries to get out of it saying, you know, you know, well, I'm, I'm not in this class. And he turns her on her and she's like, he goes, where are you? You're here. I can see you. <laughs> and then she's like, uh, well, I mean, I've never written anything for the lit magazine before. And she says, well, you have an unfair advantage. Yeah. <laughs> So it jumps to the stairwell after class and Rayanne is freaking out. Just like, Angela, you got to tell him this. You got to tell him about the toothpicks. Oh, no, no, wait. Tell him about the socks. He always has one black sock and one white sock. And Ricky's just listening. He goes, I have got to see the socks. (laughs) Oh, Ricky. The next day, Ricky has joined them in class. And the subs feet are up on the desk and they're just staring at the black and the white socks. And they all have toothpicks now.
2: I know. I love it. They're all just absorbing his personality. Is I know. Hilarious. He
1: says that he has read their papers and he's seeing, quote, signs of life, but he wants them to go further. And you see Jordan coming in late, but he's eager. He's, you know, he's eager to come into class and it's great to see.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Then we see the next day there's standing room only in the class. You know, I'm like, where do all these teachers think their students are? Right. (laughs) Like 13-year-old me did not think to ask this question. I was just like, oh, wow, this is cool. But like,
2: Mm -hmm. no one's
1: like, hey, where are my (laughs) class?
2: Where's my class? (laughs) They're signing like the delinquent or whatever. It's called notices. Tardy (laughs) notice. Yeah. uh, Tardy (laughs) notice.
1: Skipping class or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Everyone is hanging on to his every word and laughing at his little jokes. They are enthralled. And you love to see it. Even Sharon has a toothpick now. You know, they follow him around school, just listening to him. Another day goes by and now the classroom is dark with candles all around as everyone sprawled out everywhere, quietly writing. It's kind of amazing how he's all inspired them. You know, like he's inspired all these people, you know, he's looking over their shoulders. He's walking around. Of course, the only person who's a stick in the mud is fucking Brian. It refuses to join in, like. But get also, over yourself.
2: also like insists on being there. <laughs> you know, yeah. This is my class. I have to be here, but I'm not going to take part.
1: I'm like, isn't that also like you're not there? Like I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. But
2: he's misguided, that Brian,
1: <laughs> the short teacher from earlier, um, who you know was trying to pull down the map, Mister. Um, uh, blah blah, blah 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 blah. I just forgot his name. Damn it, Mr. Mitri—that's his name. He tries to walk up, but Mr. Ray, Oh, excuse me, the sub.
3: <laughs> the Ooh, sub. We did. still haven't learned
1: his name yet. Um, the sub like pulls down the the blinds so he can't see through the window. Yeah. Another day, he has a bag with everyone's papers in it, and it's passing around the room so that everyone can read someone else's anonymous poetry. He asks Sharon to read first, and she tries to get out of it by saying, she, "I can't read this handwriting." He's like, "Read it anyway." So she's like, "In the fitting room, price tags tickle my shoulder as I slip on another dress. I know this one will fit. This one will make me fly." I'm like that's pff, whatever. That's a crappy. One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of feels like it needs some kind of beatnik jazz music to go with it to right, make it more interesting. Right. You know.
2: We just snap black turtleneck and beret
1: this one will make me
2: fly Fly. yep
0: anyway
1: uh, so I'm not gonna go through all these poems just the good ones obviously meanwhile Rayanne is trying to get Angela's attention she's noticed that he changed his socks (laughs) but I'm wondering, is that symbolism? Is that something we're supposed to be like, is something going on here?
2: Probably. I'm you know? guessing. Yeah. But. I don't know. Like, sometimes I just like to watch things and be like, this is entertaining.
1: I know, Yeah, <laughs> I know what like, oh, you're saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I,
2: I think, I, I think the socks are definitely meant to be significant.
1: Yeah. He's different, but now maybe they're the same, you know,
2: mm-hmm. like maybe what's he's going just on. A is that human? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Or he's figured some stuff out. Or we don't know. I don't know if that was supposed to be mm-hmm. anything, but she's upset about it. Yeah. Um, Angela just tells her to shut up because she wants to listen. They continue on until they get to Ricky with a poem titled The Fable. And that is obviously Angela's.
2: Mm-hmm. Kay, will you read that, please? Yeah, I will. Okay. Once upon a time, there lived a girl. She slept in a lovely little cottage made of gingerbread and candy she was always asleep. One morning, she woke up, and the candy had mold on it. Her father blew her a kiss, and the house fell down. She realized she was lost. She found herself walking down a crowded street, but the people were made of paper, like paper dolls. She blew everyone a kiss goodbye, and watched as they blew away.
1: It's funny listening to it now. I really like that. It, that one also needs like a little beatnik thing to it, but it's not as bad. Yeah, definitely. You know? So the class laughs because it doesn't make sense to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're like, what the hell is that about? And the sub says, yeah, that's true, but it does better than make sense. It makes you feel. It makes you wonder. And then he looks at Angela. It wakes you up. Which is, you know, great that he's like referencing what he said, you know. I'm trying to wake you up and it definitely makes you think about what was being said like you know in the class and what she's trying to say and it kind of inspired me as a kid I was like I wanted to write some poetry I wrote some stuff too um I'm not gonna read it right now but you know it, it wasn't great it wasn't like the greatest you know iambic pentameter or you know all that bullshit you know we have to do this and this and that or limerick or anything i just kind of wrote things and descriptive and maybe there was i actually wrote a poem it was i know it was called um i don't remember what it was called but it was kind of it was it was a, a metaphor it was all like about a page boy and a castle and all this stuff and i'll send it to you sometime maybe i'll even post it with this we'll see uh but it's it's it doesn't make sense to everybody, but it did to me. And then I read it not long ago and I was like, oh my God, I kind of cried a little bit. So I was like, wow, I was smart. You know, you ever go back and you look at something that you did and you're like, wow, I was a lot smarter than I gave myself credit for.
2: I've had both experiences because I used to try to be, I think it was probably inspired by this too. I used to try to, you know, write poetry or, or journal and write down my thoughts. And sometimes I'd read them and be like, Dang, girl, you had some some deep thoughts there. And then I'd read another one and just be like, oh, gosh, (laughs) so bad.
1: Maybe not. That was an off day. (laughs) (laughs) What was that smoking that day? We
2: should we should um, ask people to share their high school poetry with us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Hey. Share some high school poetry with us. You have yeah. any? Type it out or take a picture of it or something and share it in a post, you know, when I when I post about this episode, find that post and sh- you know, share it. Share it with us. Mm-hmm. Let us know what did you write? Was it good? Was it bad? What'd you think? <laughs> or we'll judge it. Let us judge it.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll have a there contest.
1: <laughs> Do a little poetry roast.
2: We'll be like the know, substitute we'll... teacher here and judge it harshly.
1: <laughs> exactly. We'll do that. Do that for us, guys. Come on, do it. (laughs) Participate. Now, Brian is the only one who hasn't read anything. I mean, he didn't even write anything, but you know, but Mm -hmm. um, he starts. But basically, he starts. He starts and he refuses to finish. So he just, I can't read this. I'm not reading this. So the sub takes his paper and reads it, and this is what it. it, the, the The I'll read it, but it's called haiku for him, and it goes. He peels off my clothes like a starving man would peel an orange. My lips taste his juicy sweetness. Oh, excuse me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds different. That That was a little Freudian slip. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to backtrack on this, okay? Let me start over.
3: (laughs) He
1: peels off my clothes like a starving man would peel an orange. His lips taste my juicy sweetness. Still not that great, but you know. (laughs) My legs tangle with his. We become one being. A burning furnace in the cold cement basement of love. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds very like 1960s.
3: Doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds
1: very like, I don't know. Mamas and the Papas are some shit. I don't know. Mamas well, and Papas is better than that. But you know what I'm saying? Like
2: A little more racy than the Mamas and Papas, I feel like.
1: But it does. It sounds like it, it would be written and somebody would be, you know, bell-bottoms should be reading it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and fringe. Fringe
2: and, vest. Know. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the substitute looks up from the page and just says, hormones, what would we <laughs> do without them? <laughs> he then asks jordan if it's a real haiku of course jordan doesn't know and that's when he picks up a dictionary and like, like throws it at him and basically says well look it up <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: and that's ray like well even if it's not a real haiku are you still going to put it, print it in the lit magazine because it's true to life and the sub says i don't see why not and this is where Ray ann is the first to mention his name when she says, all right, Vic.
2: Is this the first time? Yeah. Wow. We, don't, we
1: only hear his first name too. Yeah. That's what's funny. We get his first name before anything else. Vic. I didn't notice mm-hmm. that before, but now like, because I know the name now I've seen this episode so much, but.
2: Yeah. I wonder if there was a, a deep meaning behind that too.
1: And considering the first time we it was it's like such a casual thing, because you usually don't call your teachers by their first name, you know, so. There's all these little hidden things. I'm like, whoo! I wonder, I wonder if you wrote on this show and, you know, and for some reason you're listening to this podcast, which I doubt, mm-hmm. but still, if you do, let us know. I want to know. So the bell rings and class is dismissed. Angela hangs back and to tell him, hey, you know, that fable poem that was mine. And of course, he already knew. He calls back Jordan and, you know, Angela walks off. And it cuts to later when he's trying to get Jordan to read something. He goes, what does that sound? What's the sound of this word makes? You know, it's obvious Jordan can't.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is just when Angela's dad shows up at the end of, you know, this reading session. When he gets, you know, um, Jordan, he's like, I want you to finish this and do more. And, like, and, and Jordan's like, what? Ugh. You know, and he storms out of the class. And Graham's just there to pick up the poems for the lit mag. Hey, I'm here to get this poem. And then meanwhile, Vic is just pissed. He sla- He picks up a desk and slams it down. And he says, that kid that was just in here. He's talking about Jordan. That extremely smart kid. Well, it seems nobody ever bothered to notice that he never quite learned how to read. It pisses me off. And then he goes to Graham and says, toothpick? <laughs> And Graham takes one, of course. Yeah,
2: you gotta wonder what's behind the toothpicks. Like, is he trying to quit smoking? And it's just like the oral fixation thing. He's gotta right. be ch- chewing on something.
1: <laughs> oh, it is kind of weird. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's good to keep putting wood in your mouth. <laughs> I know it's gonna splinter, is it not? Like,
2: yeah, can't be good on your gums. <laughs> no I mean I've
1: oh my god that's one of the worst feelings like when you go to a restaurant and you grab one of their toothpicks when you're paying or something like that and then you actually poke your gums oh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that hurts Mm -hmm. I just had like a physical reaction to that it sucks (laughs) so uh later that night Patty is going through all the poetry and asking about the substitute and Graham says well he's actually a cool guy Patty's like that's not a substitute they are not cool if anything he's a narc (laughs) 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 that's what it sounds like i guess Mm -hmm. and you know graham picks up a poem and starts reading it and it ends up being that haiku for him poem he's like "Uh uh-oh and then patty sees it and says no way i'm not gonna print that and graham says well you know what about freedom of expression she said screw it (laughs) i mean i mean that's not cool patty come on you know it's not cool she just she's like it doesn't belong in the lip Graham reads, in the cold cement basement of love. <laughs> and then they look at each other wondering if Angela wrote it. And Patty says, no, we don't even have a basement. <laughs> this is the continuity area I was talking about before. In a later episode, they do have a basement. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Also, I think like they're supposed to be in Pittsburgh, right? Doesn't it like. Don't all homes in Pittsburgh have basements, basically? Most
1: Pennsylvania homes have a basement, yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have family in Scranton, so yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. It's a little weird. I don't know. The next day, Patty shows up to school to see Mr. Racine. She's the one that says his name. Oh. His last name. I'm like, finally, we know his full name. He's like, oh, that's your husband. He's a lucky man. And I'm like, that's a little inappropriate.
2: It you know, is, like, but I, is he hitting on her? I, no, I think he just is a good read of people. And he knew this is how he butters this woman up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she, you're oh. attractive. You look so young. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't believe you have a teenage daughter. See, <laughs> you know, he says that they're talking about them poetry and he we have some issues with this. Oh, yeah, your your husband does seem a bit fragile. And she's like, no, 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 I'm the one that was uncomfortable printing them. And he gets mad and says, fine. He snatches them out of her hand. I'll I'll type them up and I'll have them Xeroxed. Like he just instantly, he flips on a dime. Like yeah. it's a little concerning. She says, Well, these are children. We are adults. This is not censorship. This is guiding adolescents who need guidance. <laughs> He goes, that was very eloquently put basically he goes but that's total yeah. horse manure <laughs> <laughs> he, you know he says that the journal should be about giving kids a voice not about having their thoughts edited and then he adds if these kids aren't afraid to put their hearts on the page why should we be afraid of them good point exactly and she says you know you should really teach full time <laughs>
2: yeah
1: and he says we have a difference of opinion <laughs> <laughs> And he asks if she should be in the position to decide all this just because she has a printing press and he doesn't. And she's like, no, I don't think so. So he hands her back the poems before he starts to leave. And she then asks, so uh, did Angela write it? (laughs) You know, you know the poem. And he smiles and leaves. Doesn't tell her. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Later, the box of lit magazines. I guess it's a week later, I'm guessing. It, I mean, it takes a little while to print, you know. Yeah. And type all these poems up, too. The the magazine show up delivered to the school office and it's set down next to one of the jock kids from the class and he sees it and he just opens up the and he just grabs a bunch of them and just starts passing them around the school. I'm like, "Don't they sell these? Are they just Do free?" They,
2: I feel like they'd probably I can't imagine they charge for those, right?
1: We had a lit magazine. We sold them.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, we sold our paper and
1: everything, our school newspaper.
2: I don't think we sold anything because no one had any money to buy anything in my school.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of crap, too. I'm like, why are we selling? Even if it's a dollar, like not a lot of kids had the money.
2: No, that's silly.
1: Anyway, okay, back to this. Sorry. So the the you know, lit magazines being passed around school. We see that the uptight principal, Foster, is walking around looking at everyone, reading the lit mag in the hallway, and even the administrative staff is reading it in the office. He literally snatches one from their hands. In this lady's hands. She's reading it. He just snatches it right out of her hand and starts reading it. And doesn't even say, excuse me, I want to see this or anything. I'm like, what an asshole. <laughs> just a, Total but that's asshole. That's a
2: typical principle. Typical. Mm-hmm. Doesn't uh, he also have a fucking bow tie, too? Does yes. he wear a bow tie? Yeah.
1: He Come does. On. And you're like, it doesn't make you look smart, man. It doesn't makes you seem like an asshole, like a poser.
2: It's not the only thing that makes him seem like an asshole, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's his. Yeah, I get (laughs) you.
2: His his whole demeanor.
1: (laughs) Exactly. He walks into his office and like the second he closes the door, he yells for the secretary that he just snatched the thing out of. I don't even know what he said. That's all you hear. (laughs) I don't even know what her name was. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like like Miss Tessmacher, you know, it might have been her name for all I knew. (laughs) he wants to see Mr. Racine after school in the girl's bathroom. Uh, there's a couple of girls gossiping saying that the girl who wrote that haiku for him poem has no self-respect. She should have signed her name and Sharon's there. And she overhears this. She's like, look, okay. He told us not to. Okay. It was a rule in class. Okay. He said not to sign it. Okay. (laughs) And the the girls just say, excuse me, try your own conversation. Plus, maybe a muscle relaxer.
2: (laughs) I I love it.
1: (laughs) Ray Ann comes out of a stall and has figured out that Sharon is the one who wrote the poem. You? And Sharon's like, yes, fine. She doesn't want anybody to know, basically. So she wants to know, why are you even talking to me? Saying that to Ray Ann. And she goes, do you know how over my life will be when people find out that I wrote it? And Rayanne's like, do you know how over mine will be when people find out I didn't write it? <laughs> so Sharon's like, why don't we just let people go on thinking that you wrote it? You know, and they're having this whole, they're kind of bonding over this. Yeah. Ryan's really into it. She's like, my favorite part is when they become the furnace. <laughs> and that's when Angela bursts into the bathroom and is surprised to see Sharon and Rayanne talking. And it's kind of awkward. But she has news for both of them. Principal Foster has confiscated the lit mag and is refusing to distribute it because of the haiku poem. That night at dinner, Angela is going 90 to nothing, just going on about how Vic said that they could sue the school for violation of First Amendment rights. And, you know, Vic says that they could stage a book burning or maybe they can call a news station. And poor Danielle is just in the background talking about, like, how many cookies she sold and no one's paying attention. (laughs) I'm like, oh poor Danielle like shut up Angela like they should do that thing where they go around and everybody says what they got to say
2: right. you, know? <laughs> you have the floor Angela <laughs> exactly
1: you have the spirit stick like you know yeah. the talking stick not the spirit stick this isn't bringing on but yeah like and she goes Vic says this Vic says this and Danielle's like you call your teacher Vic and Patty's like you call him Vic Angela's that's his name I'm like yeah but he's a teacher mm. yeah <laughs> that's Mm. Angela knows she's talking a lot about him, but he's an adult that she can look up to finally.
2: Mm-hmm. This like, is the part I was talking about in the beginning <laughs> it's like
1: Damn, that's harsh. <laughs> right. <Ooh. Ouch. laughs> yeah. Like the parents just kind of look at each other, and you know, I don't think they, they take really they kind of she looks at them like what? And they're like, nothing. Don't worry about it. I don't really think they take offense to it. Because I think they know that she means outside of her parents, you know. Yeah. But still, classy Angela, really classy.
2: Like I almost wonder if she kind of did that on purpose, just like mm, just because she's always digging at her parents, just like here's another little dig for you.
1: <laughs> I really think it's just just teenage unawareness. Like she just talked yeah. talking out of her ass, you know.
2: Because she's all riled up and just like Ooh, hyperactive at this point.
1: Exactly. So Patty tells her not to get carried away. And Danielle gets up. I'm going to go count my cookie money again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Have fun, Danielle.
1: (laughs) Bye Danielle. Nice seeing you for the episode. Angela continues. You think I'm just doing this for excitement or fun? And Patty and Graham just don't want her to do something that will get her into trouble. So then A- Angela basically calls them hypocrites for telling them you know what about all those protests you did in the 60s and I'm like how old are they exactly This was 94 The 60s was like 30 years before this they would have been like 10 because they're in their 40s like early yeah. 40s probably right
2: Yeah well they were they could have been like very young teenagers in the 60s cuz like Angela was when. my age when this came out and my parents my parents were like teenagers in the 60s so i
1: think i guess it, it just feels like it they kind of makes sense i know it just feels like they would have been a lot younger i don't know i just yeah seems strange but i would have said 70s if anything you know because that would have been like at least 20s and you know you probably mm-hmm. would protest more in your 20s
2: yeah
1: angela says that they can't see what this means to her before she storms off at school the class is freaking out mr racine is gone and the Lit magazine is not being distributed. One girl says that they should go to Principal Foster and demand the magazine because it's their words and their property. Rayanne walks in with Ricky, who says that there are rumors saying that Vic was fired or he was sleeping with a junior or that he's thrown he was thrown in jail. I'm like, okay, wow, that's <laughs> real. Where does sleeping mm-hmm. with a junior come from? Like people just make up shit out of nowhere, right?
2: I like how Rayanne's like, which junior?
1: <laughs> <laughs> which junior? Like
2: which junior? <laughs>
1: She wants it to be her. Anyway, Mm -hmm. the bell rings and the principal walks in. Oh, great. That was always fun when the principal walked into your classroom. Yeah. (sighs) Because they didn't know shit that was going on. Ever.
2: Oh, no.
1: They were not a part of the world we were living in. He tells them he found some stuff in the Liberty Lit unacceptable. And Angela raises her hand and asks, how can you say if it's unacceptable if no one's allowed to see it? And that's where everyone else starts to pipe in. and He just shuts them all down. He says, school authorized publications have to be certain, live up to certain standards and anyone found distributing the lit magazine will be suspended and a new substitute is on their way. That's when mm-hmm. just then Jordan, who's looking out the window, says, hey, it's Mr. Racine. Prompting the whole class to run over to the window And they're yelling out the window for Mr. Racine or Vic. Vic! Mr. Racine! Vic! And he's leaving. He's walking down the front steps of the school and he turns and he throws his fists up in the air like a protester. You know? And they're like... And they they kind of do it back at him. Like, where are you going? And he just keeps walking. Principal Foster asks them to take their seats and Brian says, all that crap about honesty and truth. What a jerk. He didn't even teach.
2: Oh, Brian, shut up.
1: And this gets Jordan to pipe up and say, he did teach! He was the best teacher I ever had. Mm. And like, poor Jordan. He just really needed someone to believe in him.
2: Right. To no give one... him some sort of confidence.
1: Right. You know? You mm. can see people just give up on people really quickly. You're not living up to the standards I have by. Like, not everybody's the same, people. They're, our brain chemicals work a little differently. I needed someone to believe in me, too, in certain aspects. I, I barely graduated high school. Because I couldn't concentrate. Yeah, you know, my parents just they had their own thing going on, they just weren't paying attention enough, and my teachers weren't paying attention enough. They knew I was failing, but nothing was ever sent home. To oh my wow.
2: Parents.
1: Nothing was ever brought up to me like, you just need to do better, and that's it. That's about all I got. Yeah. And that's they just yeah, the shitty. system fails some kids. They just oh, for do because sure. they don't care. Yeah. These teachers get too jaded. And two in there, you know, or they play favorites and the ones that are doing great. They're just like, look at them. My prizes, you look at this, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, you're not doing good enough. So I'm not going to help you. Yeah. It's crap. It is. There's crap. one teacher that I have in particular, and I'm just going to say, I shared the same teacher as John Grisham.
2: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cause John Grisham grew up in my town and, uh, that teacher I will say is a bitch and I hope she's listening <laughs> if she's still alive. She is a major bitch. I'm not going to say her name, but she knows that she is. And she just gave up on certain kids and I did the assignments. She would critique the crap out of it, but not offer me any help or any kind of, or lead me into the right direction or anything like that, you know? And this was an English yeah. teacher and I love to write and read. You know, and especially in school, I did. I was a lot more absorbent of what I read and whatnot. And she just critiqued, critiqued without giving me any way like, hey, can we talk about this or meet me and we'll go over that. She didn't care. And the thing was, I was in an advanced class simply because I was in the, quote, gifted program. Like, you know, I know you've read all about people who are in the gifted program. Like a lot of us were a lot of ADHD, autistic type kids. And we saw things differently. And I'm like, if you didn't realize that there was only like six or seven kids in this class. It was such a oh, small wow. class. And mm-hmm. she did not even try to focus any time on individual people. If, you know, some of them just got it wrong; just They were just on it and they had it and they did everything to a T right. And then other ones, like, there was a couple of us who just didn't. And she just didn't give a shit. And it pisses me off to this day. Yeah. That's... If you're a teacher listening to this, don't give up on your students. Just don't do it. So, yeah, the whole class is upset. And suddenly Angela just decides I'm running. She runs out of the classroom, and she's followed by Rayanne, Ricky, and surprisingly Sharon. They just run out yeah. and they run outside. I don't know why the, the principal surprisingly doesn't even yell for them to stop. He just lets them run.
2: <laughs> right. It's,
1: like what was that about? That was weird. He's weak.
2: Yeah, he's just he's like, do I want to deal seems. with this? Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, I'm noticing a pattern with this principal. He's all talk because the shit he did to Brian during the gun episode. Yeah, and in this episode too, he is all talk and no follow through. Yeah.
2: Very true.
1: Yeah. So they run outside and they try to stop Vic and to tell him, you know, hey, we're really upset. Angela says, I can't, they can't believe he was fired of her going poem. And he says, why? You think injustices like that don't happen? It happens every day. Wake up. And I'm like, oh, quoting that poem right back at her.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Later, Graham shows up at the principal's office and he's trying, he starts to try to defend Mr. Racine. And that's when Foster tells him that Vic is gone and he won't be teaching there anymore. And Graham tells him that Vic got Angela thinking and questioning and she shook up because Vic was fired. And this prompts Foster to tell Graham that he didn't fire Mr. Racine. He quit after he showed after the principal showed Vic a subpoena that Vic had for failing to pay child support for his family that he deserted months ago. And it's like, oh crap. He's not a great guy. You know, that night Graham tells Patty about Vic deserting his family and wishes he didn't learn that information. He just wishes he didn't know this. And Patty tells him, you know, you got to tell Angela the truth. She can handle it. So, Graham then pipes up and says, Hey, I remember to buy kitty litter
2: <laughs> for that cat. We never see. <laughs> no. So let me, let me ask you something though. Cause I know like, cause you're big into the literary thing and there's a lot of issues with certain authors that suck as human beings, mm-hmm. but they have created amazing literature. Are you able to separate yourself from a shitty human being and like the the stuff they create um
1: it depends on how shitty they are you know what i mean like and or what they've done or said or whatever you know like yeah i i read let's just say we'll go to harry potter real quick i read all the harry potter books well before all this anti-trans shit from rowling came out and but at one point like when the not and oh, dumbledore was gay and i'm like what you know what I mean like she said that at one point about her about oh, really? Dumbledore that he was gay and okay. um and everybody's like there's no instance of this being mentioned there's there's not even allusion to it really there's like oh he had affection for this guy but it that's not really that's not enough you know what I mean right. if you're going to say somebody's a gay car- you need to say that he was in love with somebody right. or something you know yeah. but they did she didn't do that she's pandering she was pandering at that time right you know And now she's all anti trans and all this stuff. And I would have been fine. I would have been okay with that, you know, if she just kind of said it. But she kept doubling down and kept attacking and kept attacking and kept like getting other people on her side and all this. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Done with you. Yeah. Um, I was gifted a J.K. Rowling book, The Ichabog that came out. I literally took that hardcover book and ripped it in half. Oh, wow. Tore it apart. (laughs) I'm like, fuck this bitch. I kept my Harry Potter books because they were pre that knowledge. You know what I mean? And they're still kind of first editions and whatnot, but I have them put up in a box. I don't display them. I don't want to see them. Yeah. You know? Um, And, you know, you think about that. And then I think about, I used to love Glee, loved it a lot. And now I'm starting to find out all this shit, like Leah Michelle's, you know, yeah, the stuff that was said. Um, she she was saying some really harsh things to people during the filming, especially one girl that came into the last season. Um, other cast members who were there the whole time, were like you know, her were like, yeah, she was a horror horror to be around. A oh, horror, wow. not horror, but mine. yeah,
2: she was a whore to be around.
1: <laughs> but she was like horrible to for everybody on set. I'm like, you know what? I can see it. And, you know, that just tells me that she that she is Rachel Berry. Everything she did was exactly like Rachel. She was so good at it because,
2: yeah, that
0: was
1: her. Um, and then I found That's out cool. about Mark Sawling, who played Puck on the show, and he got investigated for child pornography.
2: Oh, Jesus. He
1: a lot, a lot child pornography and the feds were coming to get him and he killed himself.
2: Which one was Puck?
1: He was the one. Oh. With the
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. OK.
1: And now I didn't I found hear out- about that yeah and mr Shu, the the teacher he just got Mm -hmm. fired from um so you think you can dance
2: dance. yeah
1: exactly there's all these things coming i'm like damn it you're ruining that show for me because now when i watch it i'm like all i see is that yeah and it sucks you know the naya rivera thing i can get over you know and Corey monteith being addicted to drugs and he died during the show that's sad that doesn't bother me because you know he wasn't a horrible person he's got in a horrible situation you know um so but there's stuff like that and I'm like, man, I just it's hard to separate. It is. Um I'm not an HP Lovecraft Lovecraft person, but people say he was a horrible person too, you know.
2: I mean, I just think people are are horrible and just because they end up in a limelight type of career, right? An actor, whatever, like it doesn't mean that they're exceptional people. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? No. So it's I get it because we idolize these people we we fall in love with their characters and then we hear about them as human beings and are just like you're just another shitty human being and there there are a lot of good human beings out there but we just expect people because they're famous to not also be shitty too you know and it's
1: yeah we hope it for sure we
2: hope it yeah.
1: There's another, there's a writer out there. I'm not going to mention the name because a lot of people like him and um, it's not really that bad, but I, I think he's arrogant and the way I've read stuff, he's perpetuating some really like neoliberal shit. You know what I mean? Like you're a little over the top kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I consider myself somewhat liberal. I, you know, I, I believe that everybody should get a fair shot and blah, blah, blah. But then. When you go over the top with it and then you start getting like all kind of hate, hate speech about the other side openly and like encouraging. I just I don't like it. So I I muted this guy. I'm like, I refuse to read any of your books. I'm not going to read any of your shit. I'm not going to say the guy's name, but I, I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. You can have free speech and that's what free speech is for. But at the same time, we also have the freedom to not listen.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so back at this, um, <laughs> back he, so Graham bought kitty litter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Graham bought kitty litter <laughs>
1: for the invisible cat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What I'm assuming is the next day, Angela shows up at Vic's place, and I'm like, "Is this a trailer park? What is this? Like, she's standing outside. It's like a fence." Yeah. And he walks I don't out. Know. It looks weird. I'm like, "Where is he? Where is this?" I don't know. It, it There's like, you know, um, mailboxes or something along the fence. So it kind of makes me think he's in a trailer park, but you don't actually yeah. see any trailers. You just see this fence, really. But it's like
2: really crappy, like little apartment building or something.
1: Maybe not Low a income. nice
2: place. You know?
1: It's not great. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, her voiceover observes, it's so weird that teachers like live places. Which is so true. It's always weird Mm -hmm. to see a teacher outside of school, you know, like Mm -hmm. you would see them at the grocery store. I remember I saw one teacher was working part-time at our grocery store. It's like, this is strange. Like, why are you here?
3: Yeah. You know,
1: he was like collecting carts in the parking lot. And (laughs) yeah. And it was, I didn't understand. I thought they made enough money at that time, but you know, back in the nineties, they did (gasps) not a lot, but it never was a lot, but it was still a lot more than they do now comparatively. Yeah. Even in, you know, with inflation and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So he sees her as he's walking out and she says she looked him up in the phone book. And this makes me go, wait, he must have been there more than a few months. He, it must have been more than a few months that he left his family if he's already in the damn phone book. Right. It's, that was a little strange to me. But, yeah. And the whole child support thing. He abandoned his family. But how did you get child support that payment's going that quickly? Like, that doesn't make any yeah. sense.
2: Because that requires a whole, like, court hearing, you know. It's a whole
1: it's a process. It's
2: process, yeah.
1: That's a, kind of, a, that usually takes, I would say, even years sometimes, you know, depending yeah. on the situation. But anyway, he says, you know, she's like, I looked you up in the phone book and he goes, wow, what a waste of a Saturday. <laughs> she confronts him about abandoning his family. She wants to know if it's the truth. And he says, yes, one, there's several truths. One truth is, yes, I left my family. He says, the other truth is that my wife is far better off without me. He says he broke out of a prison of his own making, and many people want to punish him for that. Maybe even her, Angela. She says she's not trying to punish anyone. She just wants to understand. He's all bitter and says his struggle for his freedom is his, and she should get her own. And then he says, get out before it's too late, Amanda.
3: Mm.
1: Uh oh! I mean, now I can see that everything was about him pushing an envelope, mostly, and never really about helping the kids, except for like Jordan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it was really just him about I'm going to push some envelopes. I'm going to, you know, he wants to like shake up the system. That's his thing. It was more yeah. for his satisfaction than anything. Not really about helping the kids. He says that she should get out of her m- that mind control factory. That they put them in all because they don't want to, they don't know what else to do with them. And she confirms that he is telling her to drop out of school. Right. He says she needs to run for her life and let the walls of her gingerbread house come crashing down. Like way to throw the her words back in her face. You fucking jerk.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it makes me think that the whole Amanda thing was on purpose, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he knows the poem that she wrote and he keeps like quoting it back to her. He knows her name. He right? should. And he, and he just does the Amanda thing because he kind of knows it's going to crush her a little bit. hmm I don't know. Kind of the vibe I was getting with that.
1: Kind of, yeah. But she still corrects him that her name is Angela. Yeah. And he kind of has a look on his face like, oh. You know, so I'm not sure. Maybe, or he just knew the poem. You know, he just yeah. didn't know her damn name. Yeah. You know, it, It's one of two ways. But she says that leaving high school isn't the answer. She doesn't think leaving anything is like, ooh, burn back. She tells him, the thing is, I kind of admired you. And now he looks guilty as fuck. And he's like, you know, can I drive you home? So he does. And they pull up to her house and Brian sees her get out of the car before Vic rides off. Ever the asshole, Brian asks if there's anyone's car she won't get into. So she tells him, you know, oh, I live my life to annoy you. You are my world. He says, Vic's an older teacher. He's old. I'm like, Jesus, Brian, get your fucking head out of the gutter.
2: Oh, my God. (laughs) A little little pervy, sex oppressed Brian. (laughs) I know.
1: She laughs at him and says, you know, are you demented? And she says, we just talked, you know, and then he gave me a ride home. And he says, you know, I have a right not to like him. And she's like, that's true. You do. And she goes inside. Patty and Graham are going through all these freaking Girl Scout cookies that are on the dining room table. (laughs) She grabs a box and opens it up on the couch. And they sit down and join her. And the way she talks, are you okay? They ask her if she's okay. Which makes me think that they knew where she was.
2: I think they did. Yeah. And I'm
1: like, how could you let her go see this questionable guy? By herself. Isn't that a little strange? And How the hell did she get there? If she needed the ride home. They made her take the bus or
2: something. (laughs) I
1: guess.
2: What the hell? Yeah. I thought
1: that was really strange. Graham says that every fight is not worth fighting. And Patty agrees that learning this is a part of growing up. They really stumble on their speech about compromise in life. They're just kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't make sense. It's really hard to watch, actually. I'm just like, spit it out. Yeah. Compromise is a part of life. You can't win every fight. You have to pick your battles, all those, you know, old adages. Angela admits that they are right, which is something parents rarely hear, so cherish this moment, guys. Yeah. Back in school, a new substitute is reading Angela's original oak tree poem, noting that the footprint is on the page and it really needs to be retyped. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ricky and Rayanne are looking in, they're in the hallway looking in on the class, and Ricky notes, you know, I've had that sub before, but Vic was cool. The new sub asks where Angela is, and everybody looks over at her empty seat. Angela's decided to protest. She is off using the school copier to copy the Liberty Lit and hand it out to everyone in the hall later. Brian stops her in the hall and actually offers to pass them out to people. He thinks Angela was right about this free speech thing, at least. Even if he didn't like Mr. Racine. he thought, you know, it's free speech yeah. and I feel right about it. Mr. Mitri shows up, telling Angela she's wanted in the principal's office. She's fully prepared for this. Brian sticks up for her. Mitri asks, well, do you want to join her? And she's like, no, no, I'll go myself. And then Mitri asks, you know, where are you supposed to be, Brian? And Brian's like, uh, Computer. <laughs> And he like wanders off. I'm like, why are you saying it like that, little asshole?
2: I think he's just—he got like a tiny little taste of rebel rebellion. Rebel, rebellion. That's what I was looking for. A rebel. He's just like, ooh, ooh, this is kind of nice. Maybe Andrew will like me, me if I'm a rebel.
1: <laughs> yeah, look at me, in my hair. Uh, I don't know what that was, but <laughs> watch my hair. My hair. My hair. In the principal's office, Patty and Graham show up, and Angela is upset that they were called. Patty says that she can see that Angela really took their chat the other day to heart. Then she pulls the permanent record spiel. This will be on your permanent record. Angela's fine with it. Guys, there's no such thing as a permanent record.
2: Nope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) FYI. Unless you, like, burn up the school or hurt or kill somebody, you're just fine. You're okay.
2: Yeah. And that's just your prison record at that point.
1: (laughs) I know, exactly. (laughs) Juvenile detention, something. Mm -hmm. Angela says that she's picked her battle like they said. It may not be a war protest or a civil rights demonstration, but it's all she has. She then corrects herself that that isn't true. You said I needed to decide what to fight for and I've decided. I just think it's wrong to censor people and I'm willing to get suspended for it. Good girl. Exactly. Foster calls them into his office. Graham stops Angela and says, you know what Mr. Racine did walking out in this family? You know, that would never happen to our family, right? I'm like feeling a little guilty there, Graham. Right. That's a little telling. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Patty, you know, she's like, of course she knows that wouldn't happen. So in the office, Foster repeats the suspension threat to Angela and she's defiant. She's ready to be suspended, even admitting to cutting class and not letting you know, she's not, I'm not letting my mom defend me. She, Patty's like, well, well, she's no mom. I'm ready. I'm ready to suspend it. I don't know why I just hit that thing on my desk. (laughs) Um, so I want to, uh, jump from this again. So I, at one point we in junior high in my eighth grade year, we went to lunch a lot. (laughs) We went to lunch a lot. No, we went to lunch every every day, day. (laughs) every day. That was a lot. And, uh, at some point we decided, you know,
3: like,
1: I didn't want to, I, we didn't have anything to eat. Like I didn't have lunch and didn't bring any cash with me. And I wasn't on the program to get free lunch and I didn't bring the lunch with me. And, and some of us didn't. And so every few days, like for some, for like a week, we decided we're skipping lunch. and We're just going to go to the gym. My next class was gym. So we just went there early and sat in the gym. We got in trouble for skipping lunch. What? And we got called to the principal's office. There was like 10 of us in there. Okay. And he was going to suspend us
2: for not skipping lunch. lunch.
1: (laughs) For skipping lunch and going straight to next class.
2: Okay.
1: Isn't that weird?
2: And he was mad
1: about it. Like our principal was mad. I don't know what it was, but he goes, Who wants to be first? He's writing down names. Who wants to be first? The funny thing is, like this principal was like a friend of our family. Mm -hmm. And I went, I guess I am. Ooh. (laughs) And then that's when this other kid pipes up and he was like, sir, and he was really a good talker.
2: And yeah. so he's
1: like, sir, you know, this is really a first offense for most of us. He really like became a lawyer in this situation. Yeah. And I really think <laughs> we should just get off with a warning and stuff. And then he convinced him to give us a warning. And I was fully prepared to be suspended
2: for yeah. skipping lunch. That is so bizarre.
1: Isn't that weird? Yeah. But I don't know what came over me that time. I was like, I guess I will. <laughs> well damn
2: my rebel moment
1: exactly that was my and that's funny it was the same year that this show came out that might have been what was what inspired me (laughs) isn't that funny anyway it's funny so foster ultimately decides not to suspend angela because he thinks mr racine influenced her negatively and he's just decided this is just gonna be a warning for her see i told you he doesn't live up to the shit he says
2: Mm -mm, never
1: in the end graham and patty give Angela a little kiss goodbye and they leave school and they leave her alone in the hallway as she narrates once upon a time there lived a girl she le- slept in a lovely cottage made of gingerbread and candy she was always asleep one morning she woke up she woke up fade out I like the way that ended too you know so overall what did you think about the, you know, the episode after rewatching it
2: I still love it. I I just love the fervor that the substitute teacher creates among the kids. And Mm kind of like we were talking about, like, can you separate the person? Like, he was a good teacher. He got kids not even in his class interested in learning and being creative. And he got Jordan to actually participate in something. But he was a shit human being. So I I really like, I really kind of like how this episode kind of balanced that from like the beginning of like this cool guy, we all love him. And towards the end where it's just like people kind of suck. And like Angela kind of woke up to the fact that you can idolize someone and then realize they're a shit person.
1: <laughs> exactly. I think the same you know. thing. Like it's just, you know, in this instance, I would be able to look past what he did with his family. Cause you don't know the situation, you know, you don't know what was going on. You don't know if his wife was a horrible person and he had to get the hell out of there. You don't know, you know, you don't know if she turned his kids against him, that kind of stuff, you know, and he's a teacher. He obviously might not have enough money to pay the child support. You know, you don't know. He's a substitute teacher at that, you know, so it's kind of like, hmm. And there was one point where they say his name and it was actually something Victor, something else. It wasn't Victor Racine.
2: Oh, So he was like a different name.
1: Yeah, he changed his name or is going by a different name. But I don't know what that was about. So that's also kind of like, hmm, what's that about? You know, what's going on there? But we don't get any more story about him. That's just, it's one and done. He's gone. But I still felt inspired by the lessons that he taught and then still rewatching it. I'm like, yeah, that's true, you know, and wake up, get out of your comfort zone, try something different, you know? Yeah. And I, I still think that was really cool. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the. But... The writing on this show is just so good. Even, it really is. However, many years later, I don't want to say the number. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's still like I, I think we've discussed it before watching it as a teenager, you're relating to different parts of it, but it's just like, wow, this feels so real. And then as an adult, you're kind of relating to different parts of it, and it's still like, yeah, this feels so real. So it's just, it's such a, it's so sad. It was just a one season and done, but. I think that also kind of makes it good, right? Because it didn't drag yeah. on for so long where you started hating it. You know? Yeah, it didn't get
1: watered down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was also a decent length. It wasn't too long, but we'll get into that later. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the episode links with this and this and blah, 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 blah. You know. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, Audience, do you think, did you get inspired by this episode when you watched it? Did you end up writing like I did? Did you think that you know Mr. Racine was a problem? Um, you know, what do you think about people who are creative types who end up coming out with you know celebrities who have horrible opinions about things or opposite of yours or things in their lives come out like you know? Let us know what do you think. Uh, let us know in some comments. Again, um, Kay, you are at FML FMWL Pod, right? <gasps>
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: I was saying, fuck my life,
2: fuck my life, um, fuck my life.
1: <laughs> FMLW pod, um, pretty much everywhere, correct?
2: Yes, FMWL pod.
1: Right. You can reach yes. out to her, <laughs> <laughs> or reach out to me. You can, you know, under uh, one of the postings. The rewatch recap was brought to you by me, Dustin Holden. You can find the show on Instagram at the rewatch recap, or you can find me on TikTok at Dustin underscore Holden find me there for my weird ass sense of humor amongst other silly things related to my other show Dustin can read and watch speaking of which my email is the same as the other show you can reach me at Dustin can read pod at gmail.com anyway thank you guys for listening until next week when we go on episode seven and thank you Kay for sitting with me and watching this
2: always a pleasure Dustin
1: (laughs) all right everybody have a great Time. I was going to say night, but I don't know when you're listening to this. So see you later. Have a great life. (laughs) Have a great so called life.
2: Yes. Bye. (laughs)